Right now, thousands of you are deep in flood insurance claims. Well, insurance lawyer Peter Woods has worked on property claims for earthquake damage in Christchurch and Canterbury and Marlborough and has also been an independent special advisor to the government. And Peter joins us now. Kia ora, Peter. Yes, I'm here now. Oh, fantastic. Great to have you. Hey, um, for a start, people are eager to clean up, right? They might have stinky water in their basement, pulling up carpet and all the rest of it. What tips do you have about getting rid of damaged material? And cleaning up. Well, I, I think it's fair enough. It, it, that's the natural reaction, isn't it? When there's been uh, that sort of damage, you want to clean up and move on. But you've got an obligation to prove your loss, which means that you should be taking photos of the damage, photos of your contents. Uh, you should keep them, even though you're pulling them out. I, I hear the council saying, leave them on the street or dump them for free. But um, you know, the insurance company should have the the opportunity to check the contents before you dispose of them. Now, Peter, you were talking about the fact that people should kind of hang on to damaged um, goods, not just photograph them. It can be a bit awkward with some things, yeah? It could be awkward with some. Uh, they should try and contact the insurer before they dispose of stuff and just say, this is what we plan to do, do you approve? Just to get the consent, because otherwise... There is a risk the insurer will argue about the value of the material that's been disposed of. How much detail do you need to keep about things that are damaged, like electronics and the like? Well, I wouldn't be throwing those away. Uh, But if you're going to, uh, you'd want photos of the make and model number so that you can show what the value of the the piece was. Let's talk about payouts now, right? Um, What if you offered a cash a cash insurance payout versus an agreement to restore and repair it. Tell us about the potential ca- uh, catches with a cash payout. Well, cash settlements are very attractive for both the insurer and a lot of homeowners or, or business owners, but they're really risky. Uh, firstly, we based on the insurer's estimate of the cost of replacement or repair, and you should always get that double-checked. Uh, just don't rely on the insurer's assessment. Uh, secondly, uh, this could take a long time to get stuff fixed or, and costs could well escalate during that period. So if you're paid cash and you don't do the work for 18 months, you may find you haven't got enough money. Uh, thirdly, having the cash in the bank is a temptation to spend it on something else and you may not do the work and then you end up having difficulty getting insurance in the future. Do people have a choice? Are they, are they allowed to choose between those two options? Um, most policies will give the insurance company the choice. Right, so you might get stuck with what they say, like a cash payout. Uh, that's probably the case. So that's certainly the last um, set of mass claims was really the, from the Kaikoura earthquake, uh, and they were mainly cash settled. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the how the insurers dealt with it here. It gets it off the insurers' books faster. Uh, and... It uh, can be attractive to some homeowners, but it can be a bit of a trap. You know, you mentioned don't always accept the insurer's assessment. So what should people do in that respect? Who needs to come and look for them? Well, for damage to your house or commercial property, uh, in, in really serious cases, you need a structural engineer to have a look at it and, and give you a report and then get a builder or quantity surveyor to give you a cost estimate for the repair both of those will know current rates uh, and uh, do a proper assessment, uh, as as the insurer will do. But uh, we've seen 
hundreds of cases in Christchurch, if not thousands, where uh, the insurer's uh, original assessment was low. And do you have the right to appeal their assessment or challenge it? Uh, under the policy, uh, you'll be able to challenge if they, uh, if you think they've got them wrong. And, and to be fair to insurers, normally when you go back to them and say, well, you've got X and Y wrong, they'll re-look at it, but they won't volunteer to put it up. Um, but uh, they will re-look at it, and um, often that gets the lawyers involved, unfortunately. While we've been talking, Rebecca from Auckland's got in touch, and she just wants to know, she's got a wall at her property and says it was slightly under stress. This is a retaining wall, but the flooding has made it worse, and they're concerned that it will fail in the future because of the damage from the flood, but it hasn't failed yet. Are they able to make a claim for that, even though there were issues with it already? That's a really tricky question. Um, it will depend whether it's covered by EQC or by the policy. Uh, a lot of insurance policies won't actually have cover for retaining walls. Uh, people may, may may not know that. Uh, if it's covered by EQC, uh, there is cover for imminent damage. So if you can show that it's likely to fail within a certain period, it would be covered. Peter, so uh, interested in your comment there about retaining walls. Are they generally excluded in, in um, insurers' policies? Depends on the policy. Um, and well worth checking. I've been encouraging people in Wellington to check for a long time, I have to say. Yeah, I bet there's a fair few retainers there. I mean, what yep. lessons, what are the main lessons you learnt from dealing with all of these claims during the Christchurch earthquakes? What can we learn from that in the way we deal with this? Um you need to prove your own loss. So you've got to do your own work on establishing what the damage is and uh, getting it assessed, so your own assessment of it. And that's that's at least peace of mind because you'll get an assessment similar to the insurer's or it may show that the insurer's assessment's been defective. Yeah, so don't be a passenger in the process. Get engaged. Um, I Also, there's a question in what if you bought or sold... Um, prior to the floods, but you haven't kind of moved into the property or changed changed hands as such. I mean, does that all change once a property is damaged, if a property is damaged? Slightly outside my realm, but I don't think it does change. I think the the standard agreement for sale and purchase will have uh, a clause covering insurance once it's got unconditional and until settlement. Uh, and I think there's probably an obligation to continue to settle and what should people's expectations be about speed of assessment and payments? Oh, it's a slow process. There's thousands of claims, isn't it? Um, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's well over a year to get through them. Sorry to be uh, a doom merchant, but um, that would be my estimate. Long road ahead. Really appreciate you joining us, Peter. That's Peter Woods, who's an insurance lawyer.